Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Welcome back to our Life Beyond the Chariot series. Um, We have a special guest here. Before we introduce her, I know one of the things Deanna and I were talking a lot about um, during the COVID craziness um, is sort of the education of our children. And I think that that is something that's been on the forefront of many people's minds since this sort of very abnormal time that we're living in. And I think it's been good in the sense that parents are now taking a more intentional look into the education of their children. I think more so, well, at least for me, more so than I ever have. And I don't know if the same is for you. And the past few episodes, we've talked about family-centered education, homeschooling, and today we're going to talk about Catholic education. Of course. So our guest is Miss Robin Perry. She's a superintendent of Catholic schools here in the Diocese of Tyler and the principal of St. Gregory's elementary school and um it's just been a pleasure getting to know her and having her work with my children i know with deanna it's the same before we dive in you know to this whole vision of catholic education where we are where we're going uh, we're going to go ahead and begin in prayer sounds good in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen good and gracious god thank you for the gift of our faith and thank you for the gift and blessing of our catholic schools Uh, We pray for uh, just this conversation that you guide us, um, and we also keep in mind and pray for all parents who are discerning what's best for their family at this time. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so I just gave a very small intro on who you are, but do you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So I have been in education for over 25 years. I come mostly from Memphis, um, Catholic education background. Um, I am currently working on my EDD, so I'm getting a doctorate degree in Catholic educational leadership. Um, It's killing me, but at the same time, (laughs) it is also making sure that um, anything new that comes up, uh, broader thinking, deeper thinking, anything that we can do to encourage um, and grow and develop Catholic education, it's, it's it's been a journey, but it's been worth it. What was it that made you want to even get involved in Catholic education? So I would have to say that it was uh, my teachers that I had when I was growing up. Um, I had always actually, ironically, wanted to be a broadcaster um, until I got to AP English um, and we had to do a presentation. And so in order to fit all of the information in, in order to take the test, we had to meet after school, we had to meet before school, and we had to prepare lessons and then teach the class. And I loved it. I, I fell in love with making sure what was the most important things that my, that my students, which were my best friends, my friends had to know, how am I going to make sure that I know that they know it? It, it just, it, it flipped a switch. And ever since then, um, that's what I wanted to do. And, and I've, been, I've been hoping that I can be first the teacher and then the administrator that I was gifted with. Um, and then I'm hoping that there is a student, a former student or a, a future student of mine that will see what we gave them and then pay it forward as well. 
So, so this was in Catholic <clears throat> school. This was yeah. in Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're a product of Catholic school. Yes. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through sixth grade. And I went to Catholic school from first grade through 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And, and I- fun fact, uh, I <laughs> went to school at St. Benedict in Memphis. And that's where Miss Perry was teaching AP English mm-hmm. and history. Mm-hmm. And her husband was my history teacher. Yeah. That so, is yeah. wild. Yes. Yeah, they always yes. tell about, they talk about small Catholic world. Well, it is here small. we are. It's it tiny. is very small. It's very tiny. small. Uh, that's amazing. Um, I, I was privileged enough to teach in a Catholic school for 11 years. I taught high school and it was such uh, a blessing to me. And I do think the environment there can be one where it's possible to really build an army for God. And I've heard it said by you many times that we are here to make saints and scholars. And I love that. And has that been your motto, I guess, since you've been? It's been my motto since I've been here. Um, And I would say, again, because I've been in school and because of the community here in Tyler, the Catholic community and the Catholic school community here in Tyler is something phenomenally unique to me. Um, It is... It is so much more when people say, oh, you know, we're like a family. We're not. We're a community, which is tighter, Mm -hmm. um, and it's more mindful. We are we are very, very different uh, people, very different families, very different backgrounds, but we've got this one common goal for our kids, right? And it's to, to get them to heaven. And so we, yes, we want them to be scholars, but it's second. Mm-hmm. We want them to be saints. We want them to go to heaven. Yes. And, and we, we won't know how successful we are until we meet them in heaven, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I want them to be intelligent, but um, if you have someone who's super intelligent but without a conscience, they're they're dangerous. Yeah, you know. And so we want we want they have to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and that's what we're that's what we're doing here. So yeah, saints and scholars is all <laughs> is all um, Tyler education Catholic education. I love that. I love it, and I really love the emphasis on community. And I know we talked about that in our mm-hmm. last couple of episodes when we were discussing homeschooling and even just this whole idea of family-centered education, that there's a, there's a role that community plays. And when we were preparing for this episode, I just kept thinking, well, you know, our, our daughter goes to St. Gregory. And that's one of the words that just comes to mind when I think of St. Gregory Catholic School is like, there is a community of families. It's not just like, oh, well, well the families are going to get together for a meeting every month. It really is. I can see how there's really this emphasis on building community. We're all on this journey together. Mm -hmm. The world is trying to shape and form our children, but we're trying to to get them to heaven as as a priority. So, yeah, I've really appreciated that in the the Tyler Catholic School community. I have, too. And as someone who um, had worked in Catholic schools, there's not always an emphasis on sainthood. Right. There's always an emphasis on, you know, um, being scholarly and academic. And so the fact that I think every time I was there for a meeting at St. Gregory's, you always mentioned saints and scholars. And the fact that there's that piece there of sainthood that that you and the people here um, have not lost the ultimate vision, that all of this is still to bring our children closer to Jesus. And that has been, that was something that impressed itself so deeply that I'm like, that's the first, that's the phrase that comes to mind when I think of, when I think of you and what you're trying to do. Uh, And so I'm grateful because I don't think that mentality is everywhere. Sad to say. And 
it's it's catchy, but um, <laughs> the thing about what makes it so amazing is it's not my phrase. It's the culture of the school. It, mm-hmm. it's, it permeates through the teachers, through the students, through any age, through the, the parents. Everyone gets it. And we will, you know, basically, not to sound dramatic, fight and die for it. You know, I mean, that's we are willing to do what it takes to make sure that that is always mm-hmm. the forefront mm-hmm. for our kids, because that's what what more can we do? That's right. the ultimate gift and the ultimate charge that we've been had. I mean, we we what literally swore before God when they were baptized. Exactly. This is yeah. what we're going to do. Right. So yeah. and, and the fact that we have an entire culture that is dedicated to that is I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be able to work in, in a place like that. So, mm-hmm. uh that's wonderful, and that's one of the things that drew us to Tyler too. The whole culture that is that exists here, and again, it's not perfect. I mean, we're not saying like this is like the best Catholic land ever, but but it, it is. But, but it is. <laughs> um, we're trying. We're trying, but that's it. We're that's trying. It. We're that's trying. the thing is that there is something very intentional about what's happening here in the diocese, mm-hmm. in the school, among the families, mm-hmm. and that is something that's really attractive when you see people who are striving. Because we've been met with significant challenges. I mean, I know each family has, and I know Deanna and I have had tons of conversations about, I think it started when everything went had to go to virtual learning and just like, we were just like, what, what are we doing? And um, it was, it was a lot. And I think for the first time, I was having serious conversations with friends about the education of my children. And before then, it was just conversations with my husband. But it, it even at that point wasn't as in-depth. And I think this whole COVID experience has brought out in parents um, the reality of what I think God has embedded us in is that mm-hmm. we are, and the catechism even says it, that, that parents have the first responsibility for the education of our children mm-hmm. and how we choose to sort of pursue that and to um, take what we're doing in the home and have that expand, whether it's still in our home through homeschooling or mm-hmm. whether it's in Catholic schools or public schools with, um, you know, religious education still taking a center point in the home or in the parishes, that I think all of that was really brought up during this whole COVID time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you experienced on your end sort of an increase in like, what does it mean to educate our kids? I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like for you as an administrator, when kind of this whole model that has been built around education was kind of... It was flipped on its head. <laughs> um, yeah, that one, yeah. Um, I would say really though that what what COVID kind of brought to the forefront was parents are, um, parents do wonderful things at St. Gregory and, and they're busy. And all of a sudden we weren't, we were busy in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, when when the noise sort of stopped and we had to focus on on this and it was scary and it was new and it was immediate that's when the spirit of community came out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's when we had our um, sister josephine that's when we had our parent groups when you know that's when all of a sudden parents were reaching out to one another saying what how are you getting them to do this even though it's the same lesson but how are you doing it you know beyond what the teacher was telling them. It, it's different when a teacher who's been doing this forever tells you how to do it mm-hmm. versus somebody who's never done it before. Right. And, and the tricks that they had or the 
that really, honestly, it was the forgiveness that the parents gave one another for having a meltdown or <laughs> saying, you know what, we just, this isn't going to happen today. And, and the, the confirmation and the, the forgiveness of other parents um, to one another so they didn't have to be perfect because we're not. We're never going to be perfect. But that that's, that's what's so wonderful about particularly St. Gregory. It's a safe place to be imperfect. It's you acknowledge that you're imperfect and you pick it up mm-hmm. the next time. And there's somebody there to kind of guide you along and to forgive you for not being the ultimate that day. So, yeah, I mean, it's it was amazing. Um, and just the, the way the parents rallied. You know, we all just kind of, we kind of leaned over and went, whew. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Miss Perry keeps talking about this adventure. I wish she'd stop. We're in Jumanji level seven by now, and this yep. is not, this is not it. But, you know, we got through it because everybody was focused on what's the most important thing, and mm-hmm. it's the kiddos. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's, and so we're like, okay, this mm-hmm. is what we're going to, we are going to, we are going to do this. Mm-hmm. However that, however that, that takes us, whatever the work may do, the forgiveness along the way, or the, the pit stops to take a breath. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That was all okay. Absolutely. And one of the things that I admired, and I still admire so much about what St. Gregory's doing, is that, yes, it was about the kids, but y'all understood and you understand that it's not just about conveying this intellectual information to our students. It was also making sure that their emotional needs were met. Mm-hmm. So Sister Josephine, who acts as like a counselor there mm-hmm. at St. Gregory's, she would have meetings with the kids. Um, or she sent activities and projects home that helped them sort of explore where they are emotionally. Um, the parent group that was put together. And I think for me, that was the first time that I ever really connected with parents on a real like level of like, this is right. hard and I'm struggling and we were all in the same boat. But to really share those things, I mean, before it was like working on like, particular projects with the school, but that was something um, that I thought, I think you guys handled that so well, but you realize that helping the kids was not just about making sure right. they got the content. Right. right, well, it's all about the whole child. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times when, when learning doesn't happen, it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. their their intellect. It has something to do with their behaviors or something that's going on someplace else. So once you are able to kind of make sure that the entire child is taken care of, because sometimes, um, not here necessarily, but education was the last thing on my students mind you know they were they've got so many other things they didn't really care what happened in Macbeth act three (laughs) scene two they didn't care because Um, that was important but we have been able to and it's taken us a little bit of time but we've been able to create um a program into where the whole child is is acknowledged and cared for and then that that translates into other amazing things amazing things happening, you know, at the school with, for that child. So, Mm -hmm. and it really kind of came out from being over at Bishop Gorman. So I was there for a little bit, became superintendent and I was like, I can't, I actually can't run the world. So, (laughs) um, I I came over to St. Gregory because I wanted to make sure that whatever we did at St. Gregory, um, they were ready because, you know, Bishop Gorman is is pretty high. And so you got to make sure that they're ready to go. And I saw a lot of things that the students were concerned about in social media and mm-hmm. some of the issues that they have. And I thought, rather than be reactive, how can we be proactive? And that's when, you know, I prayed for somebody to come and help me at St. Gregory to make sure that we, we've got these kids understanding 
who they are and what they are mm. before society tells them something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how this all came about. Yeah, uh, I I love that so much, and how you're emphasizing like, it's the it's the whole child, and and I may be skipping ahead, Mickey, forgive me, but it it's reminding me of one of the questions that our audience had submitted for this episode on specifically like how you're developing your students. So how are the schools working to grow the students' interior life while also working to form their emotional, intellectual, and physical lives. And it sounds like that's something yep. that you're very intentional yep. about. And something that we I can speak specifically on at St. Gregory is our theology of the body. Mm-hmm. So Christian anthropology, <laughs> care of St. Pope John Paul II, and making sure that the kids understand. I think um, I have two older girls my, on my own, and I think that they forget that they were, they were made out of love of God. They are a reflection of God's love, and they are a gift. They mm-hmm. are a gift. And, and I, I don't think that a lot of times people, um, kids see that anymore. Mm-hmm. They've become a commodity, mm-hmm. and, and that's not what this is. They are a gift. And so Theology of the Body, you know, pre-K through five, that's what we talk about. What a gift you are. Mm-hmm. And, and how, do you, how do you promote that by you beat your, the gift to your community, your school, your family, your larger community. And one day, these are the ones that are going to be ruling the world. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if we can get that in them now, before anything, all the other noise comes in, then, then we're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to be okay. Yeah. No, and I... Um, Working on the high school level, I received so many students who did not believe they were a gift, right? Did not believe like they had some mm. sort of greater purpose. Mm. And for me, seeing sort of the type of student that I inherited, like some of them did, right? But it does. It can get very lost in this culture that kind of um, gives us our value on how much we accomplish or what our successes are, and what um, what you're talking about is just like. We are a gift simply because mm-hmm. we are made by God who is love. We are made for love. There is nothing about us that um, that would make us not in the image of God. Mm-hmm. We are always mm-hmm. in that. We're made in that image. And that is something that I see so valuable um, for our young people, especially for our young kids, because they're so moldable. They are. At the elementary age. I mean, they're just – they will – they will take anything in. Um, they're so they're so ready to to accept. They are so ready to be accepted. I mean, it's it's a completely different plane than you're talking about. Middle school and high school are amazing. Don't get me wrong; they're amazing. <laughs> but the the willingness and the openness to love that way, and for mm-hmm. them to kind of get it on a on a level that you would never expect. I mean, just because they're little doesn't mean they can't think deep. Mm-hmm. They just don't use those deep words. It might take them three sentences to get out that deep thought versus, you know, one word. But it's there. And, and to, to see that every day and how we are um, – how how they are doing just such they're, – they're just getting it. Everything everything is kind of clicking for them right now. And so it's it, – that to me is my gift. That's mm-hmm. my gift that I get to see that every day. Everyone mm-hmm. says, you know, I hope you have a good day. And I'm like, well, I work at St. Gregory. So, yeah, <laughs> it's going to happen. The best. <laughs> I remember one time, I don't know what I was doing. I was doing something at home, and the kids were kind of off bickering. And then I heard my little Sam, who's probably about three and a half, maybe maybe four, and he goes, um, you're not being very courteous. And I 
was like, how does he know that <laughs> word, courteous? And it was from virtue study yep. that, that you guys were doing at St. Gregory's. And I'm like, Sam, what does that mean? And he was like, it means not being rude. And, well... I won't say which sibling it was, but one of his siblings he thought was being rude. And he's like, so they're not being courteous. And so I just thought that uh, for me to saying like, okay, the fact that they're working on virtue and that they can recognize it in real life sort of situations. Yes. Um, and they would also, I would use it, I would use the virtue to be like, okay, this is the virtue of learning. How can we practice that better right now? <laughs> and they do, but they get it. Is that what it. it looks like? What yeah. choices are we making towards that virtue? Yeah. yeah. But that's one of the <laughs> things that I think is, um, and I know any place we go, we can work on human virtue, but I think in Catholic schools, we can connect that to how mm-hmm. we are operating in the image and likeness of God. Like the growth in human virtue is also growth in holiness and union with him. Uh, and I don't know if you want to speak any more, if you have any more questions about development of, like, human virtue. Yeah. and. But you guys have a, an emphasis this year, and I will butcher this, but ultimum, ultimum potentiae? You uh-huh. said, okay, so tell us what, what that is and okay, why. Okay, so ultimum potentiae. So this is our 75th anniversary slash birthday. Depends on if you want to send me a cupcake or a present, <laughs> um, you know, to St. Gregory. And so... What this is about is one of the things that we try um, with our children, with our students, is to say that you have choices. You know, you you might be a second grader, but you you have these choices to make. And, and let's talk about how to make the better one and always make the virtuous one. And so ultimate potentiae is when we talk about being your best, the best version of yourself, that's what this is, but it's through virtue. Mm-hmm. And let the kids know you have the choice Mary has the choice to hit Sam or not hit Sam. Mm-hmm. What's the harder? What, where, where are you going to need that superpower of virtue to make the, the, the choice? You, she can go either way. There's going to be consequences and rewards for, for the choice that she makes. But she has that. Yeah. And then encouraging them all the time to, are you making the choice to be your best self? Are you making the decisions to where you can be your your ultimate Mm. um that that's your soup that's our superpower as catholics we have the power are we going to make it every time no do we have you know certain kryptonites absolutely we do but the kids have to know that they are in control of that it's not anybody else and Mm. we as a community the parents um we're there on that journey to help them make continue to make those choices Mm -hmm. so they can you know and again we won't know until the very end that we've made it right but what an amazing journey that is and for the kids to understand the whole time they've never been um they've never had the choice taken away from them they always have that choice it's just when it becomes heroic is when it that's the hard time but that's why it's heroic exactly so yeah so that's that's our big focus for this year i love it Mm mm-hmm Good stuff. Good stuff. And I, again, I just, I really love how all of this is meant to form the child. And I mean, in the catechism, it talks about how parents have that responsibility to discern um, the the education of their children and emphasizes, so paragraph 22, 23, we're emphasizing that, you know, parents are the primary teachers of the faith. But what I love about Catholic education is that in no way is the school trying to replace the role of the parents. Right. And I know from my, my own journey, Catholic school was was so foundational to to where I am now. I'm very grateful. So shout out to St. Anne's and St. Benedict <laughs> in Memphis. Um, but Catholic school was where 
I first learned my my prayers. It was where I first encountered the mass because my parents were just coming back. My dad was coming back to the faith. My mom was um, converting to Catholicism, but I'd never been to mass before I started going to St. Anne in, in Memphis. I'd never prayed a Hail Mary before. I was baptized Catholic, but my parents were heathens. No, I'm just kidding. Mom and dad. Um, <laughs> she they loved were, you. She talked they, about you. They were <laughs> on a <favorably>. journey. <laughs> they were on a journey. And the school actually assisted them in, them in that. And um, going to things like weekly mass, which I know we do here in, in the Diocese of Tyler at our schools, um, Catholic school was my first experience of going to adoration um, on first Friday. Um, so all of, I'm so grateful for the seeds that were planted, but all of that, and I think also assisted my parents in being able to impart the faith to us. So it's it's really cool to see how there there is an intentionality there in building community, working mm-hmm. with the parents, but that we're all trying to form <laughs> these saints and scholars. Right. I just you know that's we we try to enhance mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, we would never ever make the assumption that tuition equates to making your kid Catholic. Right. What we're trying to do is what you're teaching at a home is consistently shown, taught, and modeled at school. So when they come home and you have those conversations or when something comes up and you they're able to have a conversation with you because we've you've told them the what we believe and over time we teach them the why mm. which then comes back to you for a deeper conversation of various and sundry things you know you we we know why we believe certain things but you know one day the kiddos are going to ask you know Michael why and then he'll be able to explain it but he's got mm-hmm. the background to understand I mean how cool is that exactly. you know and you exactly. can come home and when they say oh this is what you know, Mrs. Bates said, or this is what so-and-so said. Well, then you have those conversations. And it's not ever anything other than, we've got your back. We're backing you up yes. 100%. Right. And sometimes we might give them different information as in more clarification or maybe more churchy mm-hmm. than what a parent would do. But mm-hmm. in no way, shape, or form do we do anything other than just kind of walk with you and be like, yeah, what what they said. And this is what it is. Yeah, yeah, what they said. Exactly. But sometimes, you know, the teacher has more validity than a yeah. parent at a certain age. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I um, I have seen that at St. Gregory's. And like I said, I don't know if that exists everywhere. And so um, I know we've sort of been chatting a lot, and we're kind of closing to an end, but I think there's a few very important things we still need to, to talk about is because that mentality isn't everywhere. What is your vision um, as superintendent and as principal? Like, what have you, we've already talked about what we see and what you're doing. What's your vision moving forward? What do you, if you could speak to all superintendents mm-hmm. or all principals, what would you want to say as far as vision for Catholic schools? I know that's a Ooh, large that question. That is a large question. Um, I think that for me, um, being able to to have Catholic education available to those who want it, be it in, you know, um, Gun Barrel, Paris, places within the diocese that don't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. There are ways that we can make that work, especially with COVID. There's all kinds of things. There's a couple of projects that I'm, I'm working with TCCBED on to make that possible. Um, we want all of our Catholic kids in you know, getting Catholic education, um, working on me personally, working on some stuff about being um, having inclusion. What does that look like? How can I make that work to be successful for the student and the families? 
Um, those, those are some of the things that, that we're looking at. But the, the biggest thing is how can we remain, how can, how can I convince we, convince parents who homeschool is not their option? Mm-hmm. That, that takes a very brave person. I could never do it. Um, and I've been in education, and I, I would never do my, my girls. We, we'd all be ball-headed and crying. Um, but how can, how can we make sure that our, our students, our children who are Catholic, have that exposure? And how can we best serve them to get them a Catholic education? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to lose them. Mm-hmm. We, we have a whole generation of what they call nuns mm-hmm. that don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, they're almost Catholic by culture rather than faith. Mm-hmm. Yep. How, how, do we, how do we change that? Is it how can we how can we figure that out? And as soon as I get that answer, trust me, I'm going to be at NCEA and <laughs> you know the U.S. Conference of Bishops. But there are answers out there, and we mm-hmm. just have to kind of figure out what does that look like. And it won't be creating schools like St. Gregory. It'll be creating micro schools. It'll be creating you know virtual academies to where they have that. I mean, imagine if we could create some type of a virtual academy and have St. Philip's Institute be part of the religion. You know, I mean, I'm ama- down with that. <laughs> I mean, think of how far how far could we reach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What how how much of a difference would we make of changing that cultural Catholic into exactly. a faithful one? Exactly. Yeah. So that's those are the kind of things that were that not just me that a lot of us are a lot of Catholic administrators are looking at and thinking of. What I'm fortunate in is I might have the opportunity to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, what would then would you say to parents? I mean, because I do know there's a lot of maybe misconceptions out there, yeah. or maybe parents who decide on one format of, and we talked about this earlier, decided on one format of how their kids are going to be educated and just stick with that, whether right. it's public school, private school, homeschool, and they stick, they're like, that's going to be our long-term plan. And um, if you haven't seen our last few episodes, I encourage you to go look at it, but talking about how it's a discernment that should happen every year. Right. So what we have experienced during this COVID COVID time where parents have, I think, in my experience, really taken a more intentional look in the education of their children, as parents are still sort of discerning um, in this crazy time, but also if things sort of die down and things go back to normal, which I don't even know if that, I don't even know what that's going to look that's like normal. or if that's going to happen. But what would you what would you like to convey to parents? I would like to say that number one, I think that, like you said, nothing is permanent. If nothing else, COVID has taught all of us to be fluid, mm-hmm. and things are going to work for a little bit, and then situations may change, mm-hmm. uh, family circumstances may change, and you got to go with it. Mm-hmm. Changing changing course doesn't mean that it didn't work. It meant it's no longer perfect moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I would I would say that. I would say number two, um, if you if Catholic education, traditional Catholic education has not been something that you've thought about because it's expensive, we have now we are not like St. Jude, where any anybody can come, you know, because we have those kind of resources, but we do have financial aid. If we've got families that have four kids and they say, well we could only afford two to come, my my aunt my answer is apply for financial aid and we can make we can make four work you know it's it's not a I would rather have four come and find the funds Mm -hmm. than have none come because they don't want only two right you know so I think that's a misconception is that it's only for you know families who can really really afford it or families who qualify for a lot of financial Mm -hmm. aid we've got financial aid for any family that wants it Mm. yeah so I would say that and then um 
we're not perfect. You know, I mean, we're not, we're human. And so, yes, St. Gregory does a lot of great things and our teachers are amazing and our staff and our families, but we are also human, which is part of the beauty of it. At least we're safe enough to say that we're human and we Mm -hmm. grow from it. So if anybody um, ever thinks, well, you know, that's a Catholic school they're supposed to, Catholic does not mean perfect. I looked it up in the dictionary. It does not mean, does not mean that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you are, if you are thinking that it's only perfect children mm. that come to our school with perfect parents and every teacher is, you know, perfect, you're going to be really disappointed. Yeah. Um, what you see are um, is a community that focuses on the child, that loves their faith, and is continuing to grow. The grown-ups are growing just as much as the kids are. So I would say those are like the biggest, you know, misconceptions that people have. We're, we're you know, we're not, we're just not perfect. But I do want to say, too, like you emphasize that that you are there to help parents in that process. But I also want to tell parents, like, you're not a replacement for them either. No. I think sometimes maybe some of those misconceptions happen. Like, oh, if I if I send my kid to a Catholic school, come out. they will come out perfect, <laughs> you know, or like I want them. Or they'll come out Catholic or mm-hmm. they'll always stay Catholic. And um, so I think it works both ways. I think mm-hmm. there's that mutual understanding of like, we're here to help you. And if there's a problem in the family, we want to know about it so we can help you. But I think parents also need to understand that we can't just drop our kid right. off really at any school and like kind of say, okay, well, the education part right. is done because that's not our role as parents. Exactly. And so I think it's um, a mutual relationship. And if both parties understand that even if the course shifts a little bit, the goal is always the right. same, saints and scholars, saints and right? Scholars. And and that's the beauty of Catholic schools um, is that, or it should be the beauty of Catholic schools, and I've seen it here, mm-hmm. which has been really impressive. But even if we have to shift and be innovative, um, our, the direction we're going is always forward, mm-hmm. and it's heavenward, and, and we're hoping to get there. And if we make mistakes or things happen or – where we're going never changes. And so that's something that I think is really important to convey um, to parents too, right? That we all have to be going in that direction together. Um, And um, I think you guys have done a great job of working with families um, and the kiddos. and um, Love the kiddos. Kiddos make it work. (laughs) (laughs) And truly, I do have to say that for as amazing as St. Gregory is, it really has to do with the teachers, the parents, and the students. You know, we could do everything that we want, but if the students aren't, weren't the little amazing creations that they are, they wouldn't work, and, and the teachers, we are only as successful because the parent-teacher relationship is so strong. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could not be there and everything is going to go great. It's going to go great because, they're, because it's, they, they get it. Yeah. They absolutely get it. Yeah. And something else that I want to I want to mention too for our, all of our audience. So whether you have a child who is in Catholic education or you don't have children, all of them are out of school age. That a lot of the documents I was reading about Catholic education really emphasize that Catholic schools are a responsibility for the entire Catholic community. Mm. And so, if there is any way for you to assist, whether or not you have a child in Catholic schools to really think about that because there are parents who say that's the best option we don't know how that's going to work that we as a community as a Catholic community should help the members of our community 
attain those things that they really believe is best for their family. Mm-hmm. And so just to call all of the faithful into discernment of how am I supporting Catholic schools, whether I have kids, whether I don't, whether I'm empty nesting, uh, what can I do to support? So what would you say to people um, who maybe are in that boat? What? How can other people help? Okay, so the most powerful thing powerful thing you can do is what I tell anybody that I talk to. I need 30 seconds of your day. 30 seconds either in the morning or when you finished your first cup of coffee or when you drive by a school bus and think, dear God, wrap your arms around Mm. the St. Gregory community. Help them. Help them to grow strong. Help them in their cause. That's the most powerful thing you can do. If you have um, resources, if you, you know, if you know somebody that could do art or if you you know if there is a niche that you feel that you could you could contribute to a catholic school doesn't have to be saint gregory it can be bishop gorman it can be saint mary's in longview it can be saint patrick in lovekin you know reach out to the Mm. to the 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 principals and the administration because we are always accepting somebody who who wants to help Um, if you've got some extra funds sitting around and you feel like that's a calling for you you would be amazed it doesn't take a large donation to make a huge difference for a Catholic family. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands of dollars. It doesn't even have to be a thousand dollars. Just anything that you feel like you have extra or you feel called to give is an amazing thing. It basically what you've become is an answer to a prayer. Mm-hmm. And and that I mean, I have I have donors have come to me before and they've given me money, and I'm like, how does it feel to be? the answer to a prayer to God. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of look at me and I'm like, cause that's what, that's what this means mm-hmm. to some family. That's exactly what this means. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's good. Well, Dean, we've kind of gone all over the place and I think went a little <laughs> bit over time, but I think it's all been really good information. I think we covered everything yeah. on our list, but is there anything else you want to mention or say? No, I well, I guess, uh, Robin, where can people find out more information if someone's interested in Catholic schools in the Diocese of Tyler, whether that's in Tyler or Longview, Lufkin? Okay. Well, you can go to the, the Diocesan website mm-hmm. and um, click under schools, and all mm-hmm. of the information will be there, or you can go directly to each school. It'd you know, be stgregory.info, bishopgorman.net, stmarys.org, all of those. But they're all on the, the Diocesan webpage. Diocese of Tyler.org. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. So we encourage people to go and visit those websites, learn more about the Catholic schools that we have in our diocese. And uh, before this episode, I glanced at the Constitution on Teaching, which is the foundational document for the St. Philip Institute. And I was reminded that Catholic education is listed there as a as a priority and in Bishop Strickland for for where we're going as as a diocese. So um, as Robin said, like please pray for um, our Catholic schools here in the diocese, the the students that are attending there, the teachers. My husband is one of them, so please pray for <laughs> for all of them. Um, and uh, yeah, just discern how how you're called to to support. Catholic schools and um, really like we're building a Catholic community, a Catholic culture, but it goes so much more beyond that. It's not just within this little bubble in the Diocese of Tyler, but we want to change the world and it's going to happen through building saints and scholars. So absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank Thank you you. so much for coming. We'll have to have you. So just so we can say, here's Dr. Robin Perry. (laughs) That'll be a little bit out, but yeah, we'd love to have you on again. Thank you so much. And you want to close us in With the prayer? Yeah. Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Good and gracious God, thank you again for the gift of our faith, the gift and blessing of uh, the families in our diocese and beyond. Uh, we ask that you continue to walk with us, help us to form our children to be saints and scholars, and to do your will in all things. We ask this in your name. Amen. 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 In the name Amen. of the Father, Father and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.